0: with how much we're bringing home but as we hit our senior citizen years we have no money saved up to to last us for how long we're living now but well, we have nothing to pass down to our children and our children's children to make sure that they don't have to spend the first 40 years of their life struggling like what we did and so um
1: Hello, and now, before we get into today's episode, this podcast is sponsored by Intentional Investment. Our BizBox program has officially launched. Are you interested in starting a business but cannot seem to find the creativity, resources, or time to see the vision through? Well, our newest program, BizBox, is your business solutions in a box. We will provide you with the support you need to launch your business in as little as 60 days we will assist you in creating a profitable business that's worth bragging about. No more outside vendors or working with multiple businesses. All of your services are under one roof. The only thing you worry about is your launch date. For more information, email invest at or click the link provided in the show notes to fill out our form and a specialist will get in contact with you. We look forward to building your next big brand in 2020.
0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on Posh Talks podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Women Living Intentional, a group created for those who are looking and ready to live in purpose. Now over to your host, Tayani Tellis. Hello and welcome to Posh Talks Podcast, where Living Intentional consists of high vibes and posh lifestyles. I'm your host, Kayani Tellis, and today's episode is Creating Your Legacy with Dr. Garner Scott. Today's quote states everything you do or say is PR. That quote, guys, is someone is by someone. Unknown, we don't know who it is, but whoever it is, he's very he or she is very knowledgeable. Now, to get into today's episode, Dr. Scott, a product of Georgia State University and New York's Fashion Institution of Technology, is an established serial entrepreneur. This author, instructor, and practitioner has asserted herself as an authority in the world of marketing, business, and finance. Her entrepreneurial ventures, including opening the Garner Circle PR turn of the millennial, her PR firm represents fashionable clients in raw, rich, and unconventional territories. Continuing on her mission of entrepreneurship and legacy building, Nicole has leveraged her resources by creating an enterprise consisting of a mount financial services agency, 100 Female Entrepreneurs as an online platform to empower women in business. She's a mompreneur, blogger and the Pink Lemonade Stand, a nonprofit organization profiting entrepreneurship in girls ages 8 to 17 years old. The list goes on on what Dr. Garner-Scott has done in the Atlanta community, which I'm familiar with, and I'm sure in various cities around the world, I would like to welcome Dr. Garner-Scott. Hello, hello, and thank you so much again for being a part of today's podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I've been following you for a while, and I am, like, super inspired by all of the things that you have done um, over time in your career. I know you're 14-plus years in, but for those who are new to learning about you and your journey, um, can you briefly tell us how you enter entrepreneurship? Well, I like to say that I got into entrepreneurship when I was like around 5 years old i um i was like the neighborhood candy lady i um you know just really started to see how to earn my own money at a very young age and um i was really blessed with parents that caught on to that very quickly and guided me in the right direction because when you're young and impressionable and you really get excited about making money and those types of things, that energy could go very left or very right um, depending upon right. your your tribe and who's surrounding you. And so um, – you know, some of my behavior could have been considered weird. Like my parents would buy me toys, and I would be like, oh, I can go back and sell these to my friends. And, you know, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I mean, they you know, it was, it was definitely something they had to grab hold to very quickly. And they, they really put me in an environment to help cultivate that because I didn't know it was, that it was entrepreneurship. I didn't know or grasp the concept of that as a child. But they thought, and they saw where I was going with this, so as I you know started to mature and get older and could really grasp those business concepts, I was already on the right journey of um of being in the right atmosphere to cultivate that so um so yes, it started it started as a child, yes, and I love that because um you mentioned something that's um very unique and interesting is a lot of times, you know, as we're children, you know, when we're growing up as children, as parents, you really don't kind of tune into those, okay, my child does this, okay, my child is, you know, she's, um, what you like to say, like she's getting ready to enter like this new phase or she's she's got like this marketing, mm-hmm. branding, you know. She has this passion for She has a keen eye for something because we're busy day to day in our lives. So we're just like, oh, she's just probably trying to sell toys. She's just being friendly. You know, she's a really sweet mm-hmm. girl. But no, mm-hmm. um, it's something in you that's getting ready to develop that's ultimately going to fulfill your purpose later, needless to say. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I love that, uh, of course, you You touched on that because, like I said, a lot of times as a parent, which, you know, we can't fault parents for that, um, but to tune into what your kids are doing and what they're interested is plays a big factor into whom, you know, you're grooming them to be. So I kind of want to start with your PR journey. I read an interview that you did a while back with Voyage, and you mentioned that through your journey you dealt with, like, racism and sexism and a host of other things. Um so how were you able to move past that and build such a successful PR company today? So um I would I would have to say that this is year 15 of me doing business and so um even though I started at a very young age and I was in a, in the city of Atlanta, it still wasn't what it is today. So even getting into the world of entrepreneurship wasn't as welcoming as it is now. So you can easily go to school now and get courses and programs on entrepreneurship. Um, It is a viable option to creating wealth for your family and for yourself, and it's celebrated, whereas a decade ago it was still considered like a woo-woo you know, go get a real job. Um, there weren't a lot of things in place to help you matriculate in your journey the correct way. So it was it was definitely on the edge of, like, new territory when I was first starting. Right. Um, and then also, I, of course, you know, you forget Atlanta is, is the south, but Atlanta is still very much the south, and so – um, at that time when I started my first business, which is um, the Garden Circle CR, that was a time where there just weren't a lot of African-American women-owned agencies. A lot of the large agencies were more um, general market-owned. The, the people at the top were all men. Um, you know, even for the brands that we love, that's what used to, that is what used to surprise me so much the more I started to walk through the doors of hair care brands and very culturally specific brands. Like the brand would be called from Africa. And you would walk through through the door and the owners and the decision makers and all of that would be these older white men. And um, they were marketing to us like how they thought we perceived things but didn't have the diversity at the table. And right. I feel like in the last few years you can see everyone making noise about how you have to have the people that you're marketing to in the at the table and in the decision-making aspect of it, or you're going to miss the mark, and then we're going to, you know, boycott you and, you know, stop supporting <laughs> you. Yeah, right. Right. And so um, – and so it's good that it it is recognized now, but I was in the in the beginning stages having to fight for a lot of our voices to be heard. Even even when right. it came to just marketing to women, it was so many things where people felt like if we just make the color of it pink and say that this is for women, that women should love it, and it's like no, it's, women are so complex and women are so diverse, and our our needs, our wants, our thoughts. Are, are so layered that you have to either speak to that um, with a level of sensitivity or don't even step into that arena. And so um, I really prided myself on being a very large advocate in the space of, um, of cultural sensitivity um, in, in all of my businesses, from PR to, um, to now with uh, money coaching and, and the financial space, is, is that there, you have to remember that everyone did not grow up the same way. Everyone's households were not the same. Um, so when you're speaking and you're directing um, marketing collateral and messaging and all these things towards certain demographics, you can't just group that whole that whole body of people into one thing and say, hey, black folks like this, women like this, um, the Latino market like this. No, it's it's 70 billion uh, ways of that being broken down inside that market, and you have to, just like how you say in the tagline of your show, you have to be very intentional with how you deal with people so that people feel seen and so people feel heard. Right, right. And I think um, two points that you – Um, touched on was, you know, of course, I feel like today that's why a lot of brands are suffering or dealing with the cultural backlash um, because they don't understand cultural sensitivity, especially when you're talking about, you know, you spoke on, you know, just from the Hispanics, you know, African-American, Caucasian cultures, you know, when we're talking about race, but just international, you know, and national. You know, because um, I know, of course, we've seen the headlines with brands, major brands like Gucci and um, a host of other businesses, um, Forever 21, who has taken a couple of hits just based off of the understanding of not knowing. And, I mean, we could start here just in, a, you know, the United States itself because, you know, slavery and all of that went on in the South, those, you know, um, the northern areas or on the western side really didn't understand what was really happening if that makes sense in a way so just to understand where people Mm -hmm. are coming from and like you said taking that data that true data to really understand your market um, and who you're talking to and communicating from communicating to and you know the age matters because you know when were they born and how do they perceive certain things you know of course millennials are going to receive something totally different from, you know, a baby boomer. So your messaging and how you communicate certain ads could be offensive to one market versus the other. So I really love that you touched on that. And, of course, um, do you feel like PR then when you first got started was like a luxury service compared to now? Um, Because I know you said when you got into PR, it was kind of like it wasn't a lot of major PR firms, meaning that the competition, of course, wasn't really there. So have, like, PR, of course, PR is still a luxury service, but do you think um, then it was, like, one of those things where it was, people felt like it was unreachable to have a large PR firm to, you know, service these major brands? So a few things. So one, I so let me rephrase. When I said there weren't a lot of large PR firms, there weren't a large uh, amount of people that were run by African American women. Okay. There were. Okay. You know, and and catering to um, creatives and in the creative space. So right. um, there, there are plenty of agencies in LA and New York and um, the UK and you know all those. I mean, right. agencies are on every corner, but. Uh, As far as Atlanta, the large agencies then were really catered to uh, corporate America, healthcare, those things, and there wasn't an outlet. And that's where I kind of saw a void to fill as far as entertainment, fashion, lifestyle, um, and those things. Uh, As far as it being a luxury, um, that's a loaded question, so I'm going to break it down (laughs) into a few different things. (laughs) (laughs) One, I feel like controlling your messaging and controlling your narrative is never a luxury i feel like that is um that is something that is um is mandatory to you being able to um to to remain in control of, of how your story is perceived and how your value and your infrastructure is perceived so as far as it being luxury meaning that you know is for those who can afford to pay it or um, it might be out of reach for the masses, I feel like you have to figure out how to um, to produce that within the means that you have. And so that has made social media thrive at the level that it has because it doesn't necessarily okay. include high-level costs and it's more inclusive than exclusive. Um, right. But now with – Now with everything that there is, you need strategy and you need to look at it from like a helicopter lens. So having um, PR support to me is still very important and connecting offline is still very important. So what happens online is great and drives numbers and, you know, pushes the needle. But when you match it to what also happens offline, personal relationships, um, walking through the door, connecting with people, really listening to your audience, those, you know, those methods, uh, being in the places that your audience reads, watches, and listens to, those are, are still very important. So I wouldn't use the word luxury as more as mandatory. Um, the type of way you go about doing it might be luxury. You know, I mean, some people can get the large PR agency, um, and have twenty people on their account, and you, you know, like the Kardashians. The Kardashians, right? Out of every dollar that they bring in, I believe sixty percent goes back on marketing. So they spend right. the 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 Kardashian model spends an astronomical amount of money to stay in front of you all the time, and it works. It totally works. I don't think that right. I can scroll throughout my timeline. Turn on the TV or open up a magazine without seeing one of the Kardashians, um, you know, in some form or or fashion enter into my space. It's either Kylie got something coming out, Kim doing something, Courtney, Chloe exercising. Like, you just, you're like, wow. You know, you're you're completely tied (laughs) into their their brand. And and, um, they have uh, created a model that is now being studied in universities across. But everyone does not have that type of funding to put into that. So theirs is a luxury. I would consider that in, like, a luxury category. But what you do have is the capacity to sit down and be intentional with how and what your story is and your narrative and how to get it out there. So, um, you know, taking the time to sit down and, and create your bio Taking the time to sit down and create messaging that you um, want to define what it is that you're you're giving your gift to this earth, I think that everyone has the capacity to do that and when you do have additional funding, you get it polished and you get it tweaked and you get it you know leveled up to a higher standard. but if you have none of that and you have to do a lot of things yourself, that in no way stops you because if, if, if what you have is intentional and it's good and it's sincere and it's authentic, you could still get it out there. It, it might just be a little bit slower, but if you could still have um, the means to get it out there in today's society. Yes, I really love that. And that kind of segues me into um, my next question, which goes into your next business um, about financials. And I see that you have teamed up with Ari Samal with your newest campaign, "Legacy or Lose." Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Can you just kind of walk us through the inspiration behind this campaign um, and how this was birthed? Yes, yes. So with the not financial, I started that a few years ago, and I'll just quickly give you some background to what even made me sure. start that. Um, so I have been uh, in the entrepreneur space for you know, a decade and a half now. And through that, I have firsthand experience ups and downs um, and have worked through a lot. So, you know, in the beginning of starting my company, it started very quickly and it rose very quickly. And while I was very good at doing PR, I was not very good at doing business in the beginning. Um, And so I had to to really um, invest in doing business at a high level. I had to go back get coaches, get mentors, surround myself with mentors, um, uh, take HR programs, understand business scaling. Um, I just invested a lot into being able to play on the big boy field. And um, I never wanted to play small from the beginning, but I recognized that I, did, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I needed to aggressively invest in get into that next level. Um, Through that, I've had some beautiful financial mentors that have opened me to levels of access and exposure that um, I really needed to cross over into, like, truly wealth building. And so as I was – matriculated through this, I started doing business coaching and, you know, just helping a lot of women through my organization, 100 Female Entrepreneurs, and, um, you know, just just when you're in business for a long time, people gravitate to you in that space. And people starting to be very transparent with me, which I always, you know, thank God for. um, But, you know, they were saying, you know, I, I'm Nicole, I'm, I'm following what everybody's telling me to do. I stepped out on faith. I quit my job. I started my business. And now I'm at the space where I'm about to lose my house. Right. Or, you know, I, um, you know, put all I had into this and I followed the steps closely and all these different things. And now I'm about to get evicted out of my boutique space. And, right. you know, I, once, once you hear A few too many of those stories It's like, what's really going on here? Before we sit down and talk about any type of PR or marketing, how did we get here? Like, how did did we dissipate at this level? What was going on with the financials that we even got here? That, that, you know, the decisions transpired to the point that, you know, we're facing, you know, extreme traumatic situations. And I started realizing we aren't having the conversations of money. And while we are empowering people in all of these other areas, how to build your brand, what colors to use, how to, how to create your website, how to um, build a team, how to, you know, all these different things. Right. But how do you make money? How do you manage your money? How do you keep your money? How do you grow your money? All these other things are nice, but let's, talk about the financial side of it, and we weren't having these financial conversations, and there was a lot of missing gaps in the financial space. And so I felt like I had a lot of knowledge I had been empowered with and even started to go back and get additional certifications to help me help those and just leave a larger impact um, uh, with my own legacy on this earth, which is helping people in that, in that, in that money space. And and really just getting to a point where I could you know put myself on platforms such as yours where we could open up and just talk about money a lot more because it it has for so long for so many decades been so taboo to talk about money and I said it's, it's such a shame if you have two two women of color both working at the same job doing the same um, same job title and one is getting paid twenty or thirty thousand dollars more than the other one just because they didn't talk, you know, how much, girl, how much did they offer you? How much did they offer you? Okay. Okay. So you need to ask for more money because they offered me this, you know, just, just even having uh, a safe space where those talks can happen. And instead of being like, well, why are you all in my wallet? Or why are you all in my purse? Why are you not in my purse so that my purse can at least look like yours? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all we have. So, um, you know, just became very passionate in that, and I started seeing that there was just a lack of education transpiring. Either I was getting um, coaching clients on my money side that, you know, just completely didn't know a lot of different things, and it was like we got to, you know, work to to just even catch you up from a mindset perspective and deal with some of those financial traumas that are still plaguing you to today. Or I was dealing with a lot of people in, you know, like fast moving cities such as uh, Miami, and LA, and New York, right. uh, Atlanta, where they feel like, well, I make good money and my credit is good. So what else do I need? And it's like so much more. Like, what are you right. doing to, to build your legacy? How are you, what are your investments looking like? How are you building your portfolio? Have you done your estate planning? Does your family have a will? Have you created an LLC for your family? Do you understand how to um, how to apply your your tax planning in a way that you're not overpaying all your taxes? It's just so many additional layers to really creating generational wealth. And even with the Mount Financial, our mission is to really help women of color um, break the poverty cycle. And and the thing is, a lot of us don't even realize that by technical terms, we're still considered to be in the poverty hole because we have no net worth to pass down. Right. Um, we're doing great for ourselves in this moment, but at any given time we were to lose a job, everything around us would crash within, the, within six months. Or we're doing great with how much we're bringing home, but as we hit our senior citizen years, we have no money saved up to, to last us for how long we're living now, or we have nothing to pass down to our children and our children's children to make sure that they don't have to spend the first 40 years of their life struggling like what we did. And so um, so those were things I was very passionate about, and I was speaking with Arian um, in regards to that, and she's in the venture capitalist space. She started uh, a venture capitalist fund called the Fearless Fund and um, doing great things with um, creating funding opportunities for businesses of color. And um, she got to the point where she was like, there's just not, there's not a lot of businesses of color getting funded because there's not a lot of um, investors of color. And, right. you know, we kind of combined our frustrations together, and, you know, we talk amongst each other um, which I always say, you gotta you gotta surround yourself around wealth positive individuals where you can have these money talks. But right. we were talking through uh, a recent statistic that was um, revealed last year that just said if um, if trends continue the way they are, that the medium net worth of Black families um, will be zero dollars by two thousand fifty three, and nobody mm-hmm. was making a big deal of this. Like everybody, right. was, you know. You know how we read statistics and we're like, Okay, that's yeah. Cool. You know, and <laughs> right. you just go back to living life and you know, I, I say that that's the same thing with just like presidential elections and everything else. It's like you, you look at it and you're like, Okay, that's cool, but it doesn't really affect me and then large yeah. level decisions are made and you're like, Oh my gosh, like it's affecting jump, me now. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I jump in there more? And, and you know, and you took a lack of, a lack of physical approach to it. And then now you're like, you know, going into a recession, losing money left and right, just dealing with a bunch of foolery, you know, how many of our, you know, uh, young children are being sent off to war. It's just all this stuff happening at the highest level possible. And, you you know, you sat back and thought, well, maybe this won't really affect me. And now you see it will. And so that statistic um, we are taking the approach legacy or lose because we're saying it's that serious. It's, it's yes. serious at the level of either we are doing what it takes to preserve black wealth and legacy or we are lo- or we're going to lose. We're going to lose what we've fought for so far. We're going to lose, you know, um, what we have in our possession and, and what we aspire to have. And is it is just that serious? So we're trying to raise awareness and also put a hundred thousand um, uh, communities of color through financial literacy programming and training. Most of most of the decisions that we make that haunt us are the decisions that we made as soon as we left our mom's house at 18. As soon as we yeah. got from under our parents, from 18 to 21 is when we took out the crazy loans so that we could get you know, um, um, so we can get money to spend while we're on college campus as far as our uh, tax returns and and, and refunds and, you know, you use that to buy shoes and pay for your apartment and all these different things, and now you're still paying on these loans and you're 45 years old. Or that's when you signed up for credit cards and you blew your whole credit card history in a matter of two to three years before you were even – um, educated enough to know what you were doing, and so right. we're just very adamant on financial literacy and education and I always tell parents, if you can't pass on true wealth to your family, you can definitely pass on education so that they're at least equipped and prepared to make decisions that can protect their wealth and protect any wealth that's being passed on um, to them so You know, when you find like-minded people who are just on fire about some things that you're on fire about, that's when we decided to join together and make that a true partnership um, and really move the needle, not just talk about it. Um, Everybody loves to talk, you know, but what are we really doing about it? And that's when we came up with um, Legacy or Lose. Yeah, and I love it because I received the email and I was reading through it, and I'm like, wow, like, this is something I totally want to be a part of because I just love the mission behind it because, like you said, um, I am one of those people who, you know, went to school, took out loans, and now that I'm older, I look back and I'm like, wow, I am $60,000 in debt. Of course, I've dropped that debt down, but at the time, I'm like, okay, no more. Like I haven't mm-hmm. even started my life, and here it is I'm already in debt. But what mm-hmm. I also realized what you tw- what you um, touched on earlier was just the fact that um, which I love that you will, that you are doing is that you're educating people, but also trying to figure out where did this start. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we skip that step. We skip that. In our personal life, when we started dating, in our financial life, when we start talking about money, you know, well, even when we're starting a business, like, what is the reason behind, you know, you have a poor men- money management Skills. And a lot of times, like you said, number one, it starts from, you know, us not even talking about money in a household. Like credit was one of those things where it was like, don't ask me about my credit. You know, mm-hmm. you ask someone else about their, you know, how much they make. It was like the most offensive thing that you could do. So mm-hmm. for us. You know, money was not the topic of conversation in the household. It was uh-huh. go to school, get a good job. But it's like, what are those in between steps, you know, to make sure that when I do go to college, this is that I'm using this as a great investment? Or when I do get this refund check, how can I invest this money to make me more money where I'm able to pay back these loans? as well as, you know, take this money temporarily and do something else with it because, you know, I'm a firm believer, like, you know, credit and loans are not horrible, it's just what you do with it. It's the person who's managing the things that is given. Um, So I really love your mission behind you and Arian's mission behind Legacy and Lose because I think it's so important uh, because, like you stated, we're brushing it under the rug, like I think it was like, you know, a week's discussion topic on social media, and then it went away. And it's like, does this not scare anybody? Like, we're, you know, 30 years out from this, and, you know, God willingly, we'll all, you know, pretty much the majority of us will still be alive. So what is that? what does that look like for us in the next 30 years? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to us having kids, and you talk about having more kids or, you know, raising the kids that you do have, what does that look like for them um, mm-hmm. as an African-American household? So I really love what you're doing um, with, you know, Amount Financials and your Legacy or, and lose campaign. Now, I know there are several ways to build a legacy, but what are some ways a person can start to build a legacy for their future? I think, one, figuring out what your family mission statement is. So a lot of us operate in the space of um, of doing a lot for our businesses and the entrepreneur space and our brand and our vision for that business, but have you done that for your life? So what right. is that mission statement for yourself? What is that mission statement for your family? And family and all and however you define family right? So not just to say you have to have kids, but you even sitting down with your parents or your grandparents and figuring out that mission statement, what does this family stand for? Um, What does this last name mean? What do we want that to be passed down? Because outside of the money is the purpose as well. And when you can pass down purpose and and pride to your family, then that that helps the financial part stay intact. But when you pass down shame and, and trauma and, you know, limiting mindset, limiting belief, then you don't put yourself in a position to want to make the next generation carry out the missions that you set in place. So definitely defining your family mission to promising and committing to self-educating yourself. Um, I have a book coming out this spring called Make Space for Wealth which really talks it. about if you were to get, you know, everybody has this lucky number of I want to make six figures, I want to make seven figures. That's what you see all across the board, how everyone's marketing. If you were to get six figures today, most of us that six figures will walk right back out of our lives because we have nothing in place to be able to hold on to that money, grow that money, and and even respect that money. And so my book really delves into talking about um, putting a lot of things in place, putting your habits in place, um, right. establishing uh, the behavior for um, wealth building, um, educating yourself during that time. What you know? What are stocks? What are investment opportunities? Um, not waiting till the money comes in because then you're learning and spending at the same time. Um, identifying yep. a, a wealth planner, a wealth manager. Um, how many athletes do you see get these great sign-on bonuses and these great, you know, offerings from the NFL, and then they're broke by the next day? Um, and that's because they, had, they created no space in their life for wealth. There was no education there. Um, uh, putting your boundaries already in place. So if um, you're supporting a lot of family, which, uh, which a lot of my clients are, they might be the first generation uh, in their family that is establishing wealth. So, like, right. if your fam- if your family was were immigrants, like, you know, they came over, um, and they spent all they had to get you to where you are, um, you know, and then it comes that guilt of, so now you have to take care of us. There has to be boundaries put in place when you have ten dollars, and, and so that those boundaries, you know, are there when you have ten million dollars. So. Um, just really educating yourself and, and creating a life that is conducive to the type of money that you want to see. There was a meme um, that I saw the other day that was so good. I, I just started to put it in everything that I have. But it says, get into the habit of asking yourself, does this support the life I'm trying to create? Does the, the habit mm-hmm. and the, the, the things so, that you're doing and you're committing to and you're spending time and energy right. on Does that that, um, manifest into the life that you're trying to create? And so that, to me, is is just very, very important. Um, And I would say money goes where it is appreciated and where it's respected. And a lot of us are dealing with so much trauma that we need to to get to the bottom of so that you're not looking at money as it's evil. You're not looking at money as it's a bad thing. Because if you grew up and you never had enough money, money always had a negative connotation to you. So you have to, you know, relinquish some of those things, too, prior to. Um, and then getting, and then understanding your spending habits and, you know, your cultural sensitivity so that you can create a money plan that works best for you. What I noticed with a lot of the financial gurus that everyone follows is that they have one, a one-and-done way. And you have to customize and create what works for you. Credit, you know, telling you to get a credit card might not be good for you because you're an emotional spender. So why would I tell you to get a credit card, knowing that the next time I speak with you is probably going to be maxed out? Telling you right. not to do, telling you not to do credit might not be the answer either, because you might, you might be your only. Um, uh, Lifeline in your life. You might not have any family that you could turn to if things were to crash, or if you would have an emergency, or you know, you have the emergency was so big that it plowed through your emergency savings, and so you might need, you know, an extension of credit in your life to not completely fall under it. Just those those uh, things have to be assessed and cultivated depending upon your life. So really working with someone that. Looks at your life and all of its layers, and develops a plan based on that, and not just gives you a cookie cutter plan because you cannot culturally say, "Just stop spending money and start saving," because what is what is the what is the trigger for why that person is spending? You know, I, I dealt with a client one time who, basically, the relationship between her and her mother was strictly financial. Her mother just reached out to only talked to her when she reached out for money and her so she felt like she could only have a relationship with her money uh with her mother when money was involved and so there were so many dynamics to that that had to be ushered like it, it needed to be some healing there and you know right. some therapy there to get some things back into accord or to delve deeper into that but she had dealt with another coach who told her to just cut her mother off, and I'm like, how? Oh, wow! In in, in our communities, we can't just cut mom off, you know. Like it, it just doesn't work that way. And so, um, you know, just just really delving into a lot of those traumas and triggers in your life, and understanding them and being aware of them, so you could do some right. of the self work um, that reflects back down into your money. Um, So, yeah, those are just some some different areas to start with. And then once you get that foundation really strong and solid, then it's time to recognize that you don't know what you don't know. There is is a way that wealth is being built in this country, and there is a system that you may not have had access to. You may not have been privy to understanding how, um, you know, some wealthy families might pay for their children's education by using the uh, the family trust or how, you know, family LLCs are being built to protect, um, you know, things from happening or how tax shelters might be being utilized so that a company like Amazon probably pays less in taxes, you know, I'm, I'm being hypothetical, but a company like Amazon pays less in, in right. taxes than, than me or you. And, and there's a reason for that. Um, because there are larger levels of understanding. So reach out to a professional tax preparer. Reach out to a professional money coach. Reach out to a professional investment um, uh, consultant for you. Don't feel like you can approach all these things based on your own knowledge, because I promise you, most of us have not done have not been privy to the level of knowledge to understand how to play the game. And that is very much well worth the investment to work with people who do understand that. Yes, yes. And I love, love, love everything that you're doing. So that kind of segue me. into my next question, do you have any programs available to those who are looking to get on the right track financially? I do so um, through Amount Financial. We have um, our membership. It's called the Commonwealth Membership, um, and so you go to amountfinancial.com dot com backslash membership, um, and it's on our website and everything. And and basically, the purpose of that is just to make wealth and wealth talks and wealth behavior more common. It shouldn't be something where you are like, well, I got this one rich friend. No, all my friends are doing good. Because we're right. making sure we're all doing good. Or I have this one rich aunt, auntie in the family. No, the whole family is focused on and uh, is focused on producing better output. Um, right. You know, a, as a group. So, um, so our membership is 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 excellent. Just to start surrounding yourself with wealth positive people. Um, I have a, I have my one on one coaching program as well, that you can find out about through com. Um, to really build like a customized plan to help you get to where you're getting to. And then, of course, we have our uh, my book coming out um, this spring, which is called Make Space for Wealth, um, which really delves into talking a lot about um, how you need to prepare different facets of your life to really um, receive wealth and be in the space of wealth building at that level. So These are all things and resources that I provide, but um, I'm always doing events, um, collaborating, bringing the conversation to the forefront, and I just invite people to stay plugged in so that they can be a part of that. Yes, and, I mean, this conversation was super inspiring. I mean, I feel even more motivated just by listening and learning from you. And for those who are interested in being a part of Legacy or Lose campaign, or is just interested in connecting with you, how can they find you and support you? So for the Legacy or Lose campaign, visit LegacyOrLose, com um, And what we're asking is that you purchase one of our Legacy or Lose T-shirts. Proceeds from the T-shirts go to funding um, uh, funding in the com- in communities of color to push them through our initiative of having 100,000 um, individuals receive financial literacy through our um, educational partner, CapWay. And um, we're asking everyone to wear their T-shirts on April 21st, that's during Financial Literacy Month, and just show our our collective um, response as a community to making sure we preserve black wealth and we build legacy and we leave something for the next generation. Um, so that is a great way to connect with Legacy or Lose, and it's at Legacy or Lose on social media platforms. And then to personally connect with me on, on all social media platforms is at Dr. Dr. Garner Scott, um, so it's D-R-G-A-R-N-E-R Scott. And then Amount Financial uh, is the website, and it's at Amount Financial on all platforms. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much again. And, I mean, this episode was super amazing. Like I said before, I have been super inspired by you, by all that you have done, especially for the Atlanta community. Since that's where I reside, I just want to congratulate you on everything that is happening for you and to you in your life that's all positive. Again, thank you for being a powerhouse. Um, And listeners, remember to subscribe to com for upcoming episodes. If you know anyone who can benefit from this podcast, please, please pass this episode along. The more people you send this way, it helps build our community, and we're able to keep providing you with valuable content and episodes. As Dr. Garner Scott has stated, you don't want to only be the one one rich friend. You want all of your friends, your community, your loved ones to also be wealthy as well. So do not forget to connect with her, um, support the Legacy or Lose campaign and all the amazing events she has coming up in the 2020 year. Also, do not forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We love hearing from you and it helps grow us as a brand. As always, guys, have a high vibe, intentional week. Hey, everybody, my name is Elaine B. Waller. I am the founder and CEO of Vermont Financial. At Vermont Financial, we handle tax preparation, bookkeeping services to business owners as well as teach financial literacy and helping individuals and families see the financial health of their personal life as well as businesses. Uh, What makes us unique is we help individuals understand tax strategies within the tax code to help them receive the most deductions as a taxpayer legally. In order for you to get in touch with us, you can definitely contact us on our website at www.vrimafinancial.com that is spelled com, or you can text tax info to six six eight six six. That is tax info to six six eight six six. If you have any questions, concerns, or you would love to chat with us about any opportunities with your finances. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast was brought to you and sponsored by Women Living Intentional and Intentional Investments. Want to learn more about us? Check us out at intentionallyposh.com. And as always,
1: have a high vibe intentional week.